Welcome to the Hey Kiddo Podcast. I'm your host, Kate Brown, and I'm here with Dr. Nicole Lipkin. We are really excited to bring you this podcast, which is all about bringing little bite-sized tips, expert interviews, and it's just an extension of Hey Kiddo Talk and Hey Kiddo Huddle. So we're starting this first episode out because we want all of you to get to know not just Hey Kiddo, but your host, me, Kate, and you, Nicole, the story and and how we both got here. Nicole has a little bit, a lot longer runway on this project <laughs> than I do. So let's hear from you first, Nicole. What is your story? How did we get here to this podcast? Yeah, so it's been a long one, but I would say Hey Kiddo was in the making since I was a little girl, actually. You know, my, my, my parents were school teachers in the South Bronx when the South Bronx was the South Bronx. They were, they were the type of teachers that would go in early in the morning, sit with kids and have breakfast and talk to them and, you know, just have, hold the space for them. They very much believed in, in helping build social, emotional leadership skills and kids. And obviously they brought that home to my brother and I, and, um, you know, they, they also worked in uh, selling jewelry on the weekends to be able to, you couldn't do much with a teacher's salary to be able to raise us where they raised us. So, you know, every weekend, cause my grandfather was a jeweler, every weekend we'd go to antique shows or flea markets and sell. And that was very difficult for kids, my brother and I, because we wanted to, you know, sleep in late and watch Saturday morning cartoons. Sure. Not fair. No, we and, yeah. And we were, we were annoyed by it. So anyway, when I was five and my brother was 11, they're like enough complaining, stop it. What business do you want to be in? And we're like toys because we're kids. They gave us 400 bucks. They took us down to the wholesale district in Manhattan. We picked out our inventory. They taught us how to keep inventory, how to keep the books, how to sell, how to market, how to set up a business. So, you know, I was in business since I was five and they were tough. Like they did not solve our problems and we failed and messed up all the time because we were kids. They would coach us, support us, walk us through allow us to fail, help us problem solve. Like they built all of these skills. And when things went wrong in school or something happened with friends, they didn't step in. They listened, they empathize, and they help us think through. And, you know, my parents passed away when my brother and I were pretty young. And without a doubt, my life could have gone in a very different direction. Without a doubt. <laughs> it didn't. I, I've, I've had a great life. And I 1,000% um, give it to them for instilling these really important skills. So like for, 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 like on a personal level, that's why I think this is so important. But the thing is, is like, I don't think it should be the luck of the draw of who your parents are. I got lucky. I don't think that should be the gift of social, emotional and leadership skills. I believe every child deserves this. And you know, I grew up to be a psychologist and clinical and an organizational psychologist. So you know, seeing it from both ends, one, seeing it on, you know, in the clinical setting on the couch and seeing the way kids are struggling. I mean, mental health problems are skyrocketing way before COVID-19. We are seeing a massive increase in depression, in, in anxiety, in suicidal behaviors among really young kiddos. After COVID, since COVID-19, this has obviously escalated a ton more. But then, and, and, and when you look at that, when you look at this, this is, this, is, this is a crisis of coping skills. Fast forward to the workplace. I do a lot of work across the globe with organizations. And when I, you know, and I work with leadership teams and the common complaint around young professionals is, you know, are, are, there are concerns around young professionals entering the workforce. And when you distill it down, it's all around coping skills. So I was like, you know what? We need to stop this cycle. 
and we need to get in earlier. Again, it shouldn't be the luck of the draw that you're able to develop these skills. It should be available to every child because we know that these skills, social, emotional, leadership skills, we know they're preventative skills. We know that they help in enhance coping skills so that when life happens, when mental health problems happen, life happens, whatever challenges happen, you can better deal with them. You can better cope. So I was like, we got, we have to, we have to start early. And that's where Hey Kiddo was born. I wanted to develop something that would be available to every child and also be available to any educator or parent that wanted to shape their own skills so they can model it. And they don't have to think like no brainer, like it was just given and, and there it was. But I, I believe that we needed to start early when cognitively a child is able to start seeing their impact on themselves and impact on others, not wait until they're teenagers, not wait until they're in middle school and the social problems are all starting. Like, let's get in early. Let's get in early when, when children still have that kind of special bond with their caretakers and their teachers and, and really want to learn and interact and cognitively are ready. So that's, that's where Hey Kiddo was born. And uh, it's been a journey. <laughs> I, oh my gosh, I love that. And I've heard that fair versions of it a couple of times now. And, you know, it, it's probably a good time to talk about where we met and how we, mm -hmm. we got here together. And yeah. it's, a, it's a beautiful Cinderella story of the 21st century gig economy. You'd posted in a Facebook group looking for yep. someone who does what I do, which is yep. storytelling and learning and designing curricula. And I applied for the job and I got it. I mean, that's the short. That's the, the short, short version of it. But what drew me to your post was really the mission in this particular group was for, for folks who do things like copywriting and graphic design and, you know, sort of mm -hmm. in the post talking about developing kids, social, emotional and leadership skills. I've never seen a job like this in this group. And it's just perfect for what I want to do and how I want to help the world. I don't want to write copy for like an e-commerce website. That's not where I want to use my writing skill. Right. And at the time, my son, who is now eight, I think he was five. Yeah, it's been, a it's been a while. And I didn't know I'm not a psychologist. I don't know anything about anything other than writing. That's probably not true. But, you know, this is not this is not my wheelhouse of, of working with kids and social emotional leadership skills. I was a theater teacher. I teach storytelling. I teach that kind of thing. So learning this, I don't know, I want to call it a philosophy, but it's more than that. But it's really an approach to parenting and educating. And, and we've, in the process of getting here, kind of struggle with that. Like, is it parenting or is it educating? It's both, I think, all the time. They're verbs, right? They're not right, right. They're not nouns, right? So your teachers are doing some parenting. Parents are doing educating. That's that's what it is. So I started using a lot of these methods with my five-year-old, and it does. It takes time. I mean, the yeah. thing he's struggling with now: basic kid stuff, lying, cheating, stealing, all the things that I confessed in my Catholic school. <laughs> Right, <laughs> uh, and I did not grow up with that foundation. That that right. Sounds like your parents were explicitly teaching you the yes. skills that they were teaching to their students as a child growing up in the South Side of Chicago in the late '80s and early '90s was very much um, what I would consider typical among my peers. Mm -hmm. which is do it because I said so. Right. Don't ask why. Obey adults. So just like you said, teaching parents and educators, the skills they need yeah. to teach those to kids, I think is something that a lot of people are 
looking for. And it's certainly, I mean, it's such a gift that I've gotten involved with this project because it's not only changed my parenting, it's changed me. It's changed my approach to life and my own leadership skills and capacity uh, for social emotional growth. So this podcast, I think is, it is that way. You don't, you don't have to, you don't have to buy anything. You can no. And we're all learning. We're all learning. And Kate, I mean, it's been like, I do feel like it's a gift that you came to this team and the team itself is just so incredible and so dedicated to this mission. And I think that's what's so special. And, you know, there's something you said, like, I, I think we learn to drive a car and we have to take driving lessons and then we take a test. We have kids there is no test. We just have them. But there's an assumption that all of a sudden we know what to do. And, and none of us know what to do. And none of us know how to handle that icky, gooey, sticky stuff of the social, emotional stuff. Like if this is the hard, this is really, really, really hard stuff. And we're all learning and all evolving. And to assume as parents that we all, like, of course, we're, we're, we're modeling what we've learned. But to assume that all of a sudden it just changes magically when you have a kid now, it's like we have to evolve and we learn and we mess up and get back up and we do it. And we mess up. It's like it's it's this cycle. Um, but I think there's a feeling, you know, in our world now with all of the the resources available and all of that stuff that that we should be farther along than we are as 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 parents, as as friends, as partners, whatever it is. And the reality is, is we're evolving till we die and we're figuring out and messing up until we die. <laughs> and this stuff is, is seriously sticky, icky, and gooey. It's hard. Yeah. And it's, it, it is that cycle where the, the foundational skills though, can see you through all kinds mm-hmm. of moments. And I think it's really unfair. I don't know how many copies you got at a baby shower, but I had about five different copies of what to expect when you're expecting, which is a classic parenting book that only goes up till I think age three and focuses on things like feeding them, how to know if a fever is worth going to the doctor, you know, very practical, necessary, physical things for the most part. And I, I think there's a bit of a similarity that no one tells you of after enough fevers, after enough colds, you start to recognize, oh, okay, I've seen that before. That's probably going to go away on its own. I've never seen this before. I should probably go to a doctor. Right. And you check the same, like, are you hungry? Do you need to be chained? Do right. you need a hug? Like you run through that little checklist and that becomes such a habit. Yep. They don't tell you that a lot of those same kinds of habits are happening with social emotional development. Are you hungry? Do you need some water? Are you just venting, you know, and trying to figure out how to handle whatever's going on emotionally. But if you don't know it, you're stuck. I mean, I remember saying to you several times, I'd bring up a situation and say, just tell me what to do. I don't know what to do. I need that guide. Right. Unfortunately, every time you'd say there is no guide, but have you asked how he's feeling? (laughs) Oh, no, I forgot to do that. Okay. Let me try that first. Right. But Kate, you're you're bringing up such a good point. Like, there's all of these. By the way, I didn't read a, right. I didn't read one book. <laughs> you're winging it out there. <laughs> I was totally winging it. But there's all of these resources and apps and all of this stuff for like zero to three. Then it dies. Actually, maybe even zero to five. Then it dies. And then there's all this stuff of like how to cope with your your teenager who's a brat and <laughs> full of hormones. <laughs> it, yeah, and it's like this period of time. And it's like, oh my God, when this little person is all of a sudden just evolving and feeling and all these big things happening, where, where are the resources? 
And, and there is no one answer. That's the thing. There is no one answer. What there is, is what you were describing. It's kind of a shift in how we interact. It's a shift in like powerful communication habits to, to get that trust building, to get that kind of habit of communication so that kids do feel comfortable and open up. Um, and that we feel more comfortable with it because it is, these are uncomfortable things. It's not like, do you have a fever? Are you not feeling what have you eaten? It's not that. It's well, a lot of the things you can track on your own as a parent. You know, I could, I could take your temperature. I could remember yes. the last time you ate, but now we're dealing with the child's inner life and whether or not they share that with you can really determine what the next steps are. And right. if they're comfortable enough to do that, I've certainly found that to be true. I'm, I'm really grateful for those moments when my eight-year-old is like, I'm bored at this activity. And I think if I, if I were parenting from what I know, it would be, this is disrespectful. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> figure it out. Right. But, but now I'm able to recognize that, oh, he really trusts me with a piece of information that might make me uncomfortable. That is really great. And I know that as we go along and keep going through these cycles, it's that, that closeness of connection is going to be even more profound. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's a slight little teeny adjustments. I think it's just really, it's all about opening up the lines of communication and being, it just, and creating that place. And it's amazing. It's like, it's so hard as parents because any one little thing can shut a kid down, right? Any one little thing can shut an adult down, mm-hmm. like a facial expression, a brush off, whatever it might be, a, a, like, a, you know, all of these things. And so of course, these little minds and how we react, it's, it's so, it's not critical to be perfect. In fact, it's problematic to be perfect. It's, it's good to be flawed in this process, but it's all of these little teeny things that bond that relationship and make that relationship. But it's, it's hard. There's no one way it's hard. And you and I are both working moms. So we know the time is a very precious commodity. Mm-hmm. And if you think about it in that way, every, you know, every interaction, every moment has a potential to strengthen the relationship or break it down a little bit. If you can capitalize on those moments, that's what's going to grow with, what do they say, that uh, I'm not good with money, <laughs> but that... Uh, oh, compound interest. Compound interest, yes. <laughs> yeah. Relational right. compound interest that's going to yeah. pay off, even if you don't have a lot of time. Yep. With your child every day, or maybe you do have a lot of time and you're not sure how to fill it. You know, it, it is those, those little moments. And I think mm-hmm. that's what is really great and valuable about what we've created with yeah. kiddo um, talk and huddle. It's meeting people where they're at, but being flexible enough to accommodate all different kinds of, of lifestyles and kids and things to talk totally. about think why when you said everything just dries up after age three it's because everybody's so different it's impossible to create something for right right and I think you know and I think that's a problem like you know as parents and it's so hard there's so many competing priorities and we all want to say our children's emotional health and social health is the most important priority and physical health of course we want to say that but the reality is that driving your kid to soccer is a very tangible thing that needs to happen or driving them to to piano practice. Like these are tangible things that need to happen. 
Social emotional health is not tangible. You can't touch it. And we want to prioritize it, but we don't, again, it's, it's not tangible. It doesn't have a deadline. It doesn't have a class start time. So I think, and that's, you know, when we were developing this and Kate, I, you know, again, like our team, we've been talking about this constantly is how do we make it not a guilt trip thing, but how do we make it something that just slowly shapes the way you think about how you're communicating mm-hmm. versus you should feel guilty. Right. <laughs> do this. I'll give you an example that actually does involve a little guilt. So everybody can see how this works. <laughs> My kid has a bit of anxiety. And that wakes him up in the middle of the night, mm-hmm. comes into my room, wakes me up. Mm-hmm. Thoughts that are going through my head are, I have a meeting early in the morning. I want to be sleeping. Why are you in my room? Ah, right. what I do, which I may or may not have done before, probably not. Honestly, I remember when I had bad dreams at night, my mom would go, tell me about it, fall back asleep. And then I'd fall asleep next to her bed. <laughs> yeah. Smart. <laughs> right. So smart. Um, but now, because I'm aware of, okay, I have a choice. I can strengthen this relationship. I can, I can do the easy thing, which, you know, is not always the best thing. Yep. So I take a deep breath. Tell me about it. And then we go from there. And I think mm-hmm. it's that breath. It's that, it's that moment of pause that it mm-hmm. is a tangible act. It's something that I can fall back on in moments mm-hmm. when I don't know what to do or when I'm feeling overwhelmed with something to just decide what to do next instead of let my, let my subconscious lizard brain take over and yelling or get out of my room or whatever. Uh, I'm not proud of all of those. I don't, I've never done that, but I, I recognize the capacity within myself to, to parent in a, you know. Yeah, but that's, I mean, isn't that it? Isn't that it? It's just like kind of recognizing one of the things, one of the patterns I've noticed with my kiddo is like, my husband and I are good communicators. Like we've really worked on it we're good communicators, but we certainly have bad communication. Like we, we fall back into patterns. And what I started noticing is that when we would use a certain tone of voice with each other, you know, when we were angry, but like trying to monitor it, oh, you know, yeah. because we're in front of like, you, you try to adult side, like we're adults and we're, we're going to talk angry at each other, but handle it. Sure. I would notice shortly after that Charlie would start acting out a little bit or having Mm-hmm. having a big emotion, like could pick it up. And then I realized, oh, wait, wait, like what I'm not, what we're doing, like we're having an emotion, let's have the emotion. And then let's like, rather than hiding it, let's have the emotion and then talk about the emotion. Like mm-hmm. it's okay to be angry, yeah, but you can't just do that and not give any perspective. It's almost like Disney movies. Like I remember in college, my research in college was looking at the impact of Disney movies on, on, on kids. And because I, because they always affected me really intensely. And so I won't go into the details of what the, what the study, how it was designed, but part of it was showing Bambi or, uh, and Dumbo, like when the mom, and then when the mom was taken away, they're very intense and looking at the kid's reaction and their attachment and all that. One of the things with Disney movies, like, yeah, you can show a kid that and they're going to have, they're probably going to have some big feelings, but you can show a kid that and then talk to a kid. And those big feelings are going to be talked about and worked out and, 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 and progress over time. So it's kind of like anything. It's just like talking about it, like kids pick up, kids really young pick up. And we sometimes I think treat them like they don't know anything or they're stupid. They're not. They're, perspe- they're perceptive. They get it. Mm-hmm. And I think we have to be a little bit more comfortable recognizing that they get it. Yeah. <laughs> One of the things that, you know, Hey Kiddo and the social emotional leadership skills development does 
it, it does a little bit of equalizing, which I think can be uncomfortable for parents and educators who are used to a more hierarchical relationship yeah. with kids. But because everybody's working on the same skills together, maybe at a different level, but you know, we're in my house, we're using the language of boundaries and relationship skills and communication right. like, become part of our family vocabulary. It helps everybody work on it instead of this sort of mysterious, I'm a parent, you're a kid who knows what's going on in each right. other. I, I can, I can come to my kid and say, I'm feeling very overwhelmed right now. I need five minutes and then we will come back. And that's the boundary I'm setting right now. And then he gets it. I'm like, okay. And this is eight, you know, and these right. are still, like you said, working with um, adults in the leadership development space, they might not get, they, they, yep. they're just developing those skills as adults for the first time. So this is, this is really, this is really excellent. And so we're definitely going to be back on future episodes, talking about our families, talking about our experiences, <laughs> But I hope this gave everybody a little bit of insight into our story and where we're coming from and that you will hit that subscribe button and stay focused. We've got yes. interviews, like I said, but also some quick tips, just little bite-sized pieces of, of takeaways and little information that you can start using right away with your family or your classroom. And let's tell everybody about the beautiful <laughs> programs we've created. Yes. Speakingly, this is years in development. Yes. So we have Hey Kiddo Talk and Hey Kiddo Huddle. Nicole, tell us about these programs. You got it, you got it. And we also have something coming in the future. So <clears throat> Hey Kiddo Talk is for parents or caretakers and it's a coaching subscription that's delivered via text message and it delivers social, emotional leadership tidbits and skills that you're going to develop, but it's to help build those skills in your kiddos and to help improve the communication between you and your kiddos. The other thing with Hey Kiddo Talk is you can text us if something's going on in your life or your family, like the, you know, divorce or, or grief, death or something like that. You can text us and we'll give you some curated information on how to deal with it within the family, how to talk about it in the family. And also when breaking news happens in the world, like COVID-19, like other things, our team of psychologists puts together an experts, child experts, we will put together information for you on how to deal with it and talk about it in your family. That's Hey Kiddo Talk. We also have Hey Kiddo Huddle, which is a um, complete social emotional curriculum that requires absolutely no preparation or training. And it's for elementary school teachers or homeschooling parents. So you can just pop in, it's kind of turnkey and just go. It can be up-leveled or down-leveled based on learning differences or special needs also. And like I said, it's for elementary school students. Um, but it's facilitated by a teacher or a parent. And again, when it's done, this is also kind of in, in, in increasing the habit of daily communication around these topics. It's only 15 minutes a day. Um, so it's kind of a no brainer and it's a great way to start the day to get your headspace in the right place and to get your child's headspace or classroom in the right space. So Hey Kiddo Huddle and Hey Kiddo Talk, they're awesome, easy to use. And then we have something coming down the line but we won't talk about that yet. Um, but that's going to be very, very exciting and integrate everything. I am. I am very excited about that. We are so proud of everything that we've created and the journey that we are currently on and where we're going to go in the future. Our kiddos are a little bit farther apart in age, but yep. to watch all of the, the Hey Kiddo Kiddos. So definitely everybody out there, go ahead and hit that subscribe button. We have all kinds of wonderful, smart, innovative and creative experts 
for you, including speech language pathologists, play therapists, psychologists, superintendents of schools, teachers, I mean, people who are doing amazing work in the world to help all of us level up our social, emotional, and leadership skills. Thanks everyone for listening. We'll Thank catch you. you next time. Thanks for listening to Hey Kiddo. If you like what you hear, give us a review wherever you get your podcasts. Learn more about Hey Kiddo Talk and Huddle at our website, hey-kiddo.com. Have a question for our experts? Email us at hello at hey-kiddo.com.